Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. BetOnline.ag here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. It is NFL Draft Week. We have a lot of other sports going on, but the NFL Draft is here. We are just days away, and if you want to get in on any prop bets, you got to head to BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best place to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. What is going on, everyone? It is draft week. This will be released one day before the draft, so this is actually draft eve. I'm your host, Steven Tino Rodriguez. Welcome back to the Believe in New York Football Podcast. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, the Believe website, BLEAV.com. Like, download, rate, and subscribe. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter at NYFootballPod, as well as myself at Tino Rodriguez with a double underscore. We have a great show for you guys today. Bill Campy is here, and we are going to break down our final mock draft before the big day. We're going to take a look at all the first-round picks, all the trends, the over-unders, the, the positional groups, who the Giants and Jets are going to take. The Jets have two first-round picks. We finalize that. What are the Giants going to do at 11? Trade up, trade back, stay there, pick someone, best player available. What are we going to do? We'll break that down for you guys. So let's waste no time. Let's get right into it without a further ado. Here he is, Bill Campy. All right, now I have the great pleasure of welcoming on after a week off for the both of us, well, I don't know if you took the week off. I definitely didn't have the week off. I was definitely working, but on the show, we had the week off. Um, it is here. We are here. Bill Campy's here. Uh, our final mock draft. Uh, I haven't even completed my final mock draft, Campy. Uh, I want to check and see how you're doing, but just to get the people caught up, we've been off air for about 30 minutes, and I'm losing my mind here. Put in the Charlie... Uh, the Charlie from It's Always Sunny, the conspiracy one, when he's losing his mind with all the lines. That's what I'm doing right now, trying to figure out where the hell the trade is coming in the top 10. Where are the quarterbacks going? We're losing our minds. Campy told me he's been losing his mind for the last week on this trade uh, on these on this draft. Um, and we're gonna get to all of it. But how are you doing? How's everything? I haven't seen you or talked to you in a week. I'm doing well. That's very much a great analysis of how this whole draft is looking right now. Like we're just trying to figure out who the hell Pepe Sylvia is uh, as uh, Charlie. <laughs> Pepe Day. Sylvia, uh-huh. I just, and it's such a great episode too because, like, just the amount of cigarettes Charlie smokes in that in, in the mailroom yeah. of that. It's just like I feel like, I, and I never smoked a cigarette in my life. I think I might need it on draft day I, to get to eleven to get to the Giants. You picked second. You're going to pick again later, so you may need the six, too. To get to 11, I'm just going to be losing my fingernails. I mean, imagine all of these professionals, you know, that are putting up these mocks. I feel like that's exactly what they're doing over the first 
month and a half of the season being over, just chain smoking until the actual day. Seriously. I mean, yeah, it, but in like LA and San Francisco, they got nice, you know, cabanas to do it. You know, oh, over yeah. here in New York, we're just doing it in the musty city. But maybe a cigar. No. Yeah, maybe a cigar, glass of scotch. Uh, and, and there's a million things I want to get to. Uh, yeah. I want to talk about like the potential, like, you know, Justin Jefferson's and the Jalen Riegers of the world. Uh, like in this year's draft class, who's going to get overlooked. And I think for me, the popular one's going to be Justin Fields, but he might not. Uh, let's get right to pick three. Cause I feel like we don't have to dance around one, two anymore. We obviously, my thing is, do I still feel, you know, other guys can fit the jets better than Zach Wilson? Will I still try to plead that towards draft day. Sure. But when the lines at minus 10,000 for Trevor Lawrence, and you're looking at like minus 5,000 for pick two for Zach Wilson, I'm sorry. It's pretty much guaranteed. It's a lock. Nothing's ever really a lock with the draft. One and two seem like a lock at this point. So then here we are at three and four. And this is where me and you were just scratching our heads because I personally feel this is when the draft gets real. And this is going to dictate a lot of the top 10. And and so we'll lay it out and, and I'd love your take on it. But so, Mac Jones is the betting favorite. It's gone everywhere. It's gone from Justin Fields to Mac Jones to Justin Fields to Mac Jones. Trey Lance is getting some love. Then we're back to Mac Jones. It was like very even for a while. And now I'm looking at DraftKings. I know this is a bet online show, but just looking at DraftKings in front of me, minus 305 for Mac Jones, a pretty hefty line. Doesn't mean that one's a lock. We're not talking about minus 5,000 here, but he's the, the betting favorite. He's the odds on favorite. All the reports seem to lean that way but I'm still not buying it. And I know you aren't either. The issue is if the 49ers go Mac Jones at three, we both think no doubt there will be probably multiple trades in the top 10 then to try to get Lance and field. And then it's just like, what do the Falcons do? The Falcons don't really, they're not linked to a quarterback, but from everything we've heard, Trey Lance is their guy. So if the 49ers don't take Trey Lance, that means the Falcons go Trey Lance. Then there's only one trade up in the draft and it's Justin Fields. And then it becomes a Justin Fields sweepstakes. So there's a million ways to go here. Let's just break it down to this. Where do you think they're going with three? Do you think it's going to be Mac Jones when it's said and done? I mean, it's crazy because I just don't understand it at all. I really don't. I mean, I know Mac Jones had a heck of a year. He was a Heisman candidate. You know, they won a national championship. But I like to, you know, my main thing with quarterbacks, and I've said it before, is college quarterbacks, I want to see them play more than 20-odd games in college. All right? That is the sweet spot for me. Um if they haven't played that much, there's still un- too many unknowns. And I, I would lean more towards like 25 games, like two full seasons. You know, you, you look at Trevor Lawrence, he's been playing forever, you know, over 30 games. Zach Wilson hit 30 games. Justin Fields, I believe, hit 21 or 22 games in college. And then Lance and Mac Jones have played the exact same amount, 17 total games in college football. And it's just so odd to put all your eggs into a guy that I think if it was 20 years ago or 1990, Mac Jones might be the first pick overall because of the year that he had. And just that type of skill set he has would work very well. But this is 2021 and he lacks all the, just those different facets that the modern quarterback needs. And I just don't get it, but I think they're going to pick them. You know, it's so crazy. They just might do it. 
I, I and he fits. You know, Kyle Shanahan's been in love with Kirk Cousins, and he's been in love with Matt Ryan. I think he just wants a guy that fits that mold. Mm. For whatever reason, he just he wants to get a Kirk Cousins 2.0. And I think Mac Jones. I don't think Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback. I don't think he's a bad one. He's right in the middle. And I think if that's what you want, just a steady hand that can command an offense but doesn't turn the ball over, I think maybe Mac Jones is your guy. But he's not going to stretch the field. He's not going to give you those wow plays. So, so yeah, here, here's here's my thought on it. And, and so I think Mac Jones working with Kyle Shanahan could make Mac Jones – his career in the NFL significantly better than if he doesn't end up with the Niners. Like I do think the Niners might be the, the best spot for him. My, my, my thinking with this though, is then if Mac Jones goes three, then I could rattle off these next three picks. No question. I really think then the reason Trey Lance is the pick for the Falcons. And I think if they go Trey Lance or I think the, the, the fourth overall pick is either Pitts or Trey Lance at this point. And the reason it would go to Lance is because we talked about his ceiling before we came on here, but he has a high ceiling, obviously not as many games as the other guys, but because Matt Ryan's still there, I think the Falcons would want to take the project role there and let Lance develop a little bit. He didn't play really last year at all. And I think for those reasons, it makes sense. But then you go, so Lawrence, Wilson, Jones, Lance. And I think from that scenario, we talked and, and I've heard from some people that as much as we got to keep Joe Burrow's leg together, apparently the Bengals front office or the people around the Bengals really want Jamar Chase to be the pick. So the issue would be then, though, there is as much as you want Jamar Chase, if Kyle Pitts falls to five, though, I mean, I think it would make more sense to go Kyle Pitts five and then the Dolphins stay happy and they'll go Jamar Chase six. But then the catch of all this, and I told you I started this mock draft and I couldn't get past six because in the scenario where Jamar Chase goes five and Kyle Pitts goes four, I think the Dolphins, as much as they have Panay Sewell on their lap, that's not what they want. I think they're at six for Jamar Chase and or Kyle Pitts, even though they have Gusecki. I think they're there for an offensive playmaker. So, you know, from the scenario of, okay, it goes Mac Jones, Trey Lance, pitch Jamar Chase that might be a perfect world and that's probably what most mocks would map out but here's what I'm gonna go with I really do for some reason think it won't be Mac Jones and as much as I think it's gonna be Justin Fields it might it might be fucking Trey Lance it might be Trey Lance which then makes the Falcons take pits Chase take five and then we have a scenario here can't be where six seven <laughs> I mean, four of the next five picks could be could be traded, and that's that's just what it is. And there's one quarterback left or two, but I think in that scenario, Mac Jones falls to the back of the line, and maybe you know a team who didn't think they'd be looking for a quarterback might be shopping for a quarterback. I just there's so much I think that can go down basically from three to four that really sets the tone for this entire draft. I mean, I yeah. really do think that's going to be the difference maker in this, especially with so many guys falling in and out of the top 10 uh, in projections right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you, man. I I'm set now at, at pick three. It's going to be either Jones or Lance. I lean towards Jones because of all the hype that's been put around it and just the media coverage. I can't overlook it. And maybe it's just, you know, it's smoke screen season, all of that, but I, I'm, I'm sticking with Jones three. 
I'm under the impression as the weeks have gone on that uh, I don't think the Falcons want to necessarily take a quarterback. I don't think that's their first uh, position. I think that they want Kyle Pitts. I, I think they are imagining that offense with a viable tight end pairing. You know, Hayden Hurst is a nice, nice one, but you get Kyle Pitts in there. It changes everything. And their window for being able to compete in the NFC South is different. Their defense still is bad, but you get you can really score points at a, a just a nauseating pace with if you add that weapon to them. The Bengals taking chase makes more sense now. I think they should go Sewell, mm-hmm. uh, or if Kyle Pitts fell, they, they would take him. However, just like you said with ownership, what's going to be more marketable for a, a small market like Cincinnati than getting a quarterback and wide receiver that played at LSU together. You can do all types of advertising with those two. Um, you know, I think that makes a lot of sense for for a organization that struggles to, you know, just keep up with the big boys and, and it loves you, to save know, money. I knew you were going to get to that because, like, in all due respect to, and here's my take on the Bengals, it's like, is Panay Sue, and I know he's going to be great, he's a good tackle. They do have two tackles. They have Jonah Williams, which we've talked about. They just signed a tackle, but – is that going to really help you stop the Steelers defense? Is that going to change anything against the Ravens? Like, are you going to not be the bottom barrel team anymore? I think if you are the Bengals, you got to kind of look outside this and not even play prevent. It's just, how are we going to switch things up here? I mean, they got to make their offense more explosive. It, it already is pretty explosive when you think of if they can all stay healthy with Mixon and T Higgins and, and the guys they have there, but you had arguably the best receiver in college football over the last two years. With his quarterback, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. But, like, for me, it's like I think if they go Sewell, even though they have the tackles, it would almost be like, yeah, prevent, let's, you know, let's make sure Joe Burrow stays alive. But in all due respect, Joe Burrow pretty much died already last year. I mean, can't get much worse. If he gets another injury, I mean, we're really talking about RG3 here. His leg didn't just break. It didn't break. He, like, he snapped it like three places. And so. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, it's a little far gone for that. And so I don't know. I'm starting to think they're going either Pitts or Chase there more than Sewell, which then, though, it, we'll just keep going here. I mean, Sewell falls into the lap of the Dolphins. Uh, the, the, from what I'm kind of hearing is that, you know, they're there for Chase. But I think if you tell the Dolphins they'll have today Sewell sitting on their lap, there's no way you could say no. I mean, no, you that, can't. That- that fits their whole, uh, I think, their whole dynamic with Flores and everything. If they get Sewell, they are not moving from six. They're taking him. They're sprinting to the podium. I think that works out great for them, um, and I hate to see that as a Jets fan, uh, but I, I think that works out really well for the Dolphins. Take care of Tua, too. You know what I mean? You, you yep, absolutely. Bolster up and take care of Another him. guy that's got a injury history that's kind of frightening with, obviously, that, that hip injury in college. Yeah, not for nothing, too. I, I love Joe Burrow, but, like, the fa- like my thing is once it starts, it's like you can play prevent all you want, but sometimes you're trying to prevent the inevitable. Go and get a guy. Like, go go and get a bit – like, because say Burrow doesn't pan out and you do draft Sewell, but then you have Sewell protecting, what, Ryan Finley? So it's <laughs> – well, I don't know if Ryan Finley's still there, but you get the point. Um, let's, let's keep going here. We do have a bunch of teams to get to, and there's going to be a clusterfuck. I want to get to this. If the Dolphins stick and pick at six, right? Before we even pick who is going to go from seven to 10, I know Dallas has been rumored of trading down. I've heard Denver might trade up. 
I've heard, you know, the Lions might just trade it outright, trade back with like the Patriots. So I don't think Carolina will trade. I think they're going to stay put. But really of 7, 9, and 10, I guess we can go. And I guess we could include the Giants in this in 11. But, you know, four of the next five, if not all of them, have been rumored to trading. Who do you think is probably the most likely? To Lions. Trade? Easily. Lions. This next I think I'm just – I am – under the complete impression that they are just in full suck mode this year. They want to just gather as many first round picks, I think for the, for the future. And they know they're going to be bad. I think they're going to be the first, you know, they, they're, they're a team that's very likely to go like two and 15, three and, you know, with these uh, three and 14 with the, the extra game. I just don't see how they can compete in the NFC North. I don't see where they have strengths on this team. They have more more holes to fill on any roster, I think, in the NFL. And then you just got Jared Goff, and then you throw him into this situation where they, he just doesn't have anything around him. So I think they trade out. They get more. They get another first for next year, probably a, a second for this year, or maybe they push it till next year's draft as well. But I think seven's the prime point where you'll see some team most likely Patriots uh, to move up to seven to snag one of those quarterbacks that falls. I, I think the Patriots trade enough to get Justin Fields and have him kind of work with Cam this season. I think Cam would be like a great quarterback to Justin Field, for, for Justin Fields to work with, in my opinion. I, I think obviously same build, play the game a, a very similar way, at least in college they did. Cam ran a little bit more, but both very similar. And I think it makes sense. I'm actually going to do that in this um, – in this mock here. So the way I have it right now um, in just my head is going to be Lawrence Wilson, Lance pitch chase Sewell fields and the Patriots are going to trade up to seven. I didn't even work out logistics. We're just going to keep it going with that. So then we get to eight. Now we're at eight pretty much. So we'll recap here in mind. Jones is the last guy available. I do think though, it, it very likely could be that Trey Lance is the last guy available here. So, you know, maybe in yours or, or for anyone following at home. So it very easily could be either, or um, the, the Panthers just traded for Sam Darnold. We can kind of cross quarterback off that list. I think now, right. Should be able to Cowboys are out of it. So really the only other likely spot would probably be Trey Lance and or Mac Jones to nine. I've seen a lot of Trey Lance, I don't really know what the Broncos would do, but I do think here, and, and I told you this, as much as I don't think there'll be a crazy run on receiver, I think the Panthers are very likely here to potentially draft either Jalen Waddle or Devonta Smith. I, I just think um, receiver would make a lot of sense. If they don't do that, though, I think we're looking at either Patrick Sertan or, and this is a guy that's climbing a lot of draft boards, J.C. Horn. Um, what, what do you think probably makes more sense for them? Do you see a receiver or do you see them <laughs> secondary there? I think receiver makes a lot of sense. Uh, I would go a different direction. Uh, personally, I would take Micah Parsons here. I think that hmm. the Panthers and we've, we've talked about this obviously, but I think the Panthers miss that quarterback of, you know, on the defense since Keekley retired. And I think Parsons could fit that mold very nicely um, just as an athlete and some of the things he can do on the field. But having a Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver there to add to this young quarterback who's 23 years old, who's going into a new system, you know, great coaching staff. Obviously, Joe Brady's the OC. He's well aware of who Devontae Smith is. I I think that's the no-brainer. And you can sure up that slot position. You did lose out on Curtis Samuel. So I I think 
uh, Smith covers a lot of those holes that, uh, for the Panthers, and it, it's a weapon for an offense that's young and burgeoning. So, yeah, my pick there is going to be Smith. Here's my thing with Parsons. All I'm hearing, I think he's falling, and there's so much dirt on him right now with just people right. saying on the field, off the field stuff. Um, and just the way the draft always goes, man, I, I just feel like he will slip uh, to the Giants. And even then, I mean, if the Giants don't take him, I don't even see him inside the top 15 at this point, as crazy as it is. I know the betting favorite for him right now, at least uh, not odds on. Like, I mean, it's not outright, but people kind of like him to the Raiders. And that's all the way at 17. So, you know, I mean, probably if the Lions traded with the Patriots and maybe you get him at 15, but I could see him falling to the Giants. And if the Giants don't take him, he might just continue to fall. He might be the guy, as much as I was shitting on, maybe Justin Fields is going to be this guy that falls all the way down for some reason. I mean, Parsons with his off-field issues, and I really don't think, like, and, and I understand it's, it's a lot of fighting and it's all this, this, and that, and, and, you know, he was younger, and now, you know, well, he's 18 when it happened, and he's 20, whatever it is, whatever it is, I mean, everyone wants to talk about the fighting and his age and so on and so forth, and his character. I think that should be the pick for the Giants here, and I'll continue to just go down it. Um, seven, we had Fields. Devontae Smith at eight. I'm going to just fast forward and take Rashawn Slater at nine here for Denver. I do think unless they like Trey Lance or potentially decide to address the quarterback situation there, I'm going to go with, you know, the non-popular take of not all the quarterbacks go in the first, uh, first 10. We'll go four QBs in the first 10. And then when we get to the Cowboys, I think it's Sertan or Waddle. Oh, no, I I think it's Sertan or Horn. I'll take Sertan because he's linked to them the most. Although I do like JC Horn to sneak up in this. I've liked him for afar. And it leaves me to the spot where, you know, I didn't think we'd get to, but I don't see how if you're the Giants and Micah Parsons is there, and I know people will try to shit on them. I've already heard people say, yeah, well, the Giants would be the only team. Um, you know, it'd be a bad pick. I don't see it being a bad pick. And we've talked about this several times. If the Giants have a guy who's worked with him at college during the time he was supposed to have these character issues and he to Joe Judge talk and they make this pick, that means they've had to gone through enough in communications and working with him, that they believe in this guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, Coach K has worked with him two years ago when all this stuff went down. I feel like as much as, you know, coaches don't know everything, he's got to have a good idea of what's going on. So I, like, if the Giants are there and he's on the table and they go with the pick, I trust in this coaching staff. I I really believe that the Giants would only pass on this pick if everything they're saying is remotely true. And this is one of those guys that, you know, the Isaiah Wilsons of the world that you you hear about character issues and maybe, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. But I don't believe that with Parsons very much, man. I don't. I, 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 th- I think he could pan out if he's in a system, especially like the Giants. You have the healthy way of looking at things. You're trusting your coaching staff. So obviously Judge has done quite a bit. You imagine the idea of Parsons being in a Patrick Graham-led defense uh, and what they, the strides they took last year, it would be, it's very tempting. Uh, Blake Martinez, you know, is kind of like that wrecking ball uh, type of linebacker, not exactly a guy that's in coverage, but Parsons can do all of those things um, to a high degree. So honestly, I, if, if the Giants don't take him, I think the Eagles are going to personally. Interesting. Uh, I think they need linebacker help as much as they need wide receiver. I just think that the way the Eagles are right now, they're just complete disaster. And I, I just don't know, you know, 
it would not shock me if they took Parsons. Uh, but the way that it shakes out, it is interesting. I still think that the quarterbacks are going to go in the top 10. Um, however it works out, I think you're going to, you are going to see, I mean, the Broncos, I think are, I, I may have misspoke. I think the Broncos will move to seven and then the Patriots will move up to nine, something That's like that. That's what I've seen. I, I yeah. keep seeing that. But, the, but, but that means the, the, the Broncos, line's trade back twice, which I think makes a lot of sense for the line. The Broncos to move up to seven, right? I, so it depends on the who, who they want, obviously, yes. and how they view certain guys and the way the draft's going. And again, we already talked about it. It ties back to who the hell goes at three. Yeah, a lot of it. If he, if Fields is there, I think the Broncos would feel more comfortable taking Fields than Lance because Fields is, you know, more experienced, more proven. You could throw Fields in against Locke right away to compete, mm-hmm. and I think that makes more sense than okay, we're going to have Lance sit behind Locke, who's completely unsure. You know, you, you're okay, fine. You put all your eggs in the basket of Drew Locke, or you're saying you 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 trust this guy. And then you go ahead and you draft Trey Lance. And I think that shoots everything to hell uh, with that type of trust. I have no faith in Drew Locke. So if Fields is on the board, I think the Broncos take Fields. And then you could see the Patriots move up to ninth or uh, 10th if they love Lance. And I I think it's the same idea with Fields and Lance. The Patriots make sense for both both of them. If they can sit with Newton, I mean – or well, who even knows? In this scenario, even in this scenario where Lance goes three, right, and Jones is the one who mm-hmm. falls, you can very much see the Broncos jump to seven, take Fields, where we had the Patriots, and the Patriots go to nine and take Mac Jones, which would also add sure. two, who's been linked sure. to the Patriots. I mean, I can see it, but even if those things happen, in my eyes, that's fine because the Giants are playing with even more house money. Parsons is, right. is going to fall regardless, and if I can take the the team that's slotted right now at nine to take Rashawn Slater. If the Giants have their choice between Rashawn Slater and Micah Parsons, I'm feeling really good about how the Giants first round could really pan out. And that's the yeah. beauty of uh, having the 11th pick. Uh, it's crazy how everything's kind of shaped, um, you know, as of late in terms of the draft board, who's going down really Parsons stock dropping, I think is the most dramatic, but people are really starting to like corners. Obviously quarterbacks are going to fly off the board, but you know, even Sewell dropping, even Sewell dropping, it went from, we thought he's going to the jets at two to in this, he's at six not even top five. So, um, you know, but I see what you're saying on the Eagles. My thing is, uh, you know, if in this scenario, if Parsons isn't there, I don't think they go waddle. Um, And then really, I think that all of, all of Philadelphia fandom loses their minds. If they pass on Jalen waddle, guarantee it. But like, all right. So this is what I wanted to tie in. So infamously last year, the Eagles, uh, picked Jalen Rieger one pick ahead of Justin Jefferson, which no one, not even like Joe Schmo's mock draft, would have even had that. Uh, but the Eagles knew best, and they decided to do that, and it obviously did not pan out very well. Justin Jefferson was compared to Randy Moss in his rookie season, and I think Jalen Rieger maybe caught six passes. And so here we are today. Yeah, give or take. And here we are today. Uh, Jalen Rieger fully went off the rails on his Insta a few days ago. Uh, I think the Philly media and the fans are getting to him. He changed his bio twice. He changed it to, I'm not letting anything go. And then he just changed it flat out to bust. And he took his picture off and he took everything off. And obviously it's really getting to him. Uh, So with that being said, you may be right. 
Uh, I think they just literally mentally lost their first round pick from last year and they may just need to reset and draft another one. Cause I don't know. I don't know. Some people handle that. Well, like look, Pete Alonzo on the Mets, he deleted his social media going very well for him this season, but I think he did it in a healthy and a positive way. Right. <laughs> um, I don't know if Jalen Rieger necessarily did that in the most positive way. And is using that. Not in, in a, not in a Hindenburg blaze of glory here. Uh, yeah. I, man, Eagles just, between Rieger and then what the year before JJ Arthega Whiteside yeah. and you know taking him instead of DK Metcalf they don't have exactly the best uh reputation of drafting wide receivers in the the close and immediate future so I mean Jalen Waddle makes sense however right coming off that injury mm-hmm. but if you're going to give Hertz a actual look you need to give them something to throw to. And there's very little in improving commodities, I think, in, in that Eagles locker room. And they're also still looking to trade Zach Hurts. And not so, for nothing, we talked about Chase with Burrow. I think Jalen Hurts played with Jalen Waddle at least at one point. He had to. Yeah. Jalen Waddle's been there three yeah. seasons. The year before he got drafted. Well, no, well, because Hurts went to Oklahoma. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Year. That's right. He went to But Oklahoma. still, but still, that's three. Waddle was there. They were uh, teammates. Yeah, he had to have been teammates. He had to have seen yeah. him come in. I don't think that'd be bad for them, actually. No, I don't think so either. Well, look, I, a lot of the mocks before this, I had them linked to Devontae Smith. So if they, if, if Devontae Smith could have went to the Eagles, I think Jalen Waddle for the same reason, could go to the Eagles. Although yeah. I really, again, I like J.C. Warren. I've liked him. I think he's an aggressive physical corner, very big body. I think someone like that, I, let's put it this way. Whether he gets drafted high enough or not, I think out of all the corners, He's probably going to be my early favorite to be the best out of this draft class. I think he's just very under the radar. No one really knows him because he played for South Carolina, but I like his game. I really do. He's an in-your-face press corner, and uh, yeah, I think he could be good if he went to either the Eagles or the Cowboys, but if you're telling me that uh, you know he doesn't go to either, I'd be happy. <laughs> okay with it. <laughs> one less guy to worry about to cover uh, Kenny Galladay. Let's just keep going here. And uh, I'm starting to really think here, the Chargers here at 13, there was a fake report today that they were going to trade up to 11 with the Giants. Uh, That did not actually happen. And so they're still at 13 as of this recording on Monday. Um, And I think they're definitely going to tackle. No questions asked here, tackle or guard. I think Darisol would make sense, but I think Vera Tucker could probably uh, fit in just well enough. I think either way, I think it's going to go tackle, tackle or tackle guard at 13, 14, before the Lions pick. Um, Agree. The well, the the only reason I could see that going awry would be if Waddle falls, and then I think that they pick another weapon up for Herbert. Um, I I think that's the biggest what if for them because mm-hmm. they could use a slot guy, they could use a, an impact guy. They did lose Hunter Henry. I, they're not obviously taking a tight end there, so offensive line you want to protect your. Biggest asset in that quarterback who has just was ridiculous last year as a rookie. So I get that, but also getting uh, a player of of Waddle's caliber to add to that list of weapons would be the only hitch I think in that plan. But I think the, the, the smart money is to go tackle my, my bet would be uh, Elijah Vera Tucker Mm. just because he's versatile and he's a California. I mean, obviously played at USC, not far yeah. from uh, from there. So I, I think that he could slot in wherever they need him to be. And he's also seen as like the most solidified offensive line 
product in this draft. He's like the most sure thing in a lot of guys' eyes. So I think that maybe he's destined for that 13th pick. I think they go, uh, you know, right after each other either way. They're going to go Darisaw, Vera Tucker. Uh, I just think Darisaw makes more sense. One, he's uh, he's linked to him from all the numbers I've seen. Um, mm. Obviously, I'll take that with a grain of salt because here I have Mac Jones still on the board at 15, and he's minus 300 to be the third overall pick. So I understand, uh, you know, this is my mock draft. But the thing with Vera Tucker, um, I like him for the Giants, too, for the same reason that I think he plays guard really well. But for the Chargers, they don't have any tackles, and – as much as he's versatile, I think they want a big body guy that they could definitely just throw at tackle more than adding like a depth piece or a versatile piece to the line. And again, with Herbert, y- y- you need a guy, you need a guy mm-hmm. to protect him. You know, we talked about this entire draft. we got to protect our franchises. So that's where I'm at. I'm at Darisol, then a Vera Tucker. And then with 15, a guy I told you, I don't know if I said it earlier in the show or off air, but I could see Christian Barmore of the lions that uh, trade back. I can see Barmore going to the lions. Um, Literally inside the top ten, if they're at fifteen and Barmore is still there where he is right now, unless they go Rashad Bateman or because they can really do anything defensively, unless they go uh, Bateman in terms of wide receiver, uh, I see Barmore or Horn here and Horn still on the board. But I, I, I don't know, I, I don't know which one would make more sense for the Lions. We've already talked about it. They're a fucking dumpster fire. But um, I think in that scenario, I probably go. <laughs> is it Lions? I probably go Horn because. They don't have Slay anymore. They, I don't think they have any corners. No. Um, I, I really no, they, like Barmore as a they, they lack They lack in all the major skill positions, really. Uh, so Horn makes a lot of sense there. I like Barmore a lot. If Barmore is still on the board, uh, they could be tempted. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Horn makes the most sense. And then the next pick for the Cardinals, I mean, Christian Barmore should You're running be to the podium. Yes, he should be. He should be an Arizona Cardinal. Yeah. Like there, that is, I think, the most prime spot. They need that help. You you just added JJ Watt. You add these these pieces now. Help the middle of that defense out, and all of a sudden you got a pretty pretty scary front. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that makes too much sense for Barmore to go go at that point to the Cardinals. Um, the only other thing, if we backtrack just a sec for 14, yep. the only other spot that the Vikings could do is edge rusher. And up yep. until this point, they're all still on the board. So I think Quiddy Pay fits perfectly for Minnesota. Um, so that would be like my my pick, probably 414. But I know they need a lot of help offensive line-wise. Well, the thing is, I mean, if you're the teams behind them here, because the, the Raiders, I think, are in a prime spot to take alignment too. I mean, a really good spot. So that would help them. That's what I'm looking at right now. And, and you're right. The issue is, and obviously Giants fan here. So, you know, the Giants are at need at edge. And at 11, that's why everyone's saying they got to trade back because the value of edge just isn't there. So if I'm the Vikings, I mean, I don't know what their assets look like. I'm just making sure they have another pick. I, you know, maybe you do go edge. I, I don't think that's a bad pick. I don't even see them. I don't think they have a second round pick. Not on this board I'm looking at. I mean, hey, man, how, how are you going to compete against the Packers? You got to get after Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. They 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 had they made that trade for Ngakwe last year. It didn't pan out. You know, they traded him back to, you know, traded him to the Ravens midseason. Uh, I think they're, they're dying to get somebody to be able to work the edge like they had with Daniil Hunter. And, um, I still have with uh, with Hunter, but um, – with Everson Griffin when he was in his prime. 
I'm trying to figure this out because uh, I can't change it now. I kind of like Vera Tucker now dropping and maybe going to the Raiders or I could see Vera Tucker in your line of thinking, go 13, then Minnesota takes an end, Horn, Barmore, and then Darisaw goes to uh, Las Vegas. I kind of like that a little bit better. If not, I don't know. I don't know where they go. I kind of can map out the next couple picks. And mind you here, and I'm setting it up for this plot twist, two picks away is the Washington football team. And I think if Mac Jones gets this far and or any quarterback without trading up, it's no doubt they're taking him. Um, I mean, if it gets close enough, you even talked about it. If, if one of these guys fall, the thing with Washington is they don't have the assets. If it gets this close and you only got to move up a couple picks to secure it. The thing is though, I don't see the need to do it because I don't see many other teams drafting a quarterback. I mean, the Eagles would be like, oh, they could, but it seems like they're buying in on Jalen uh, Jalen Hurts. It could be a facade, but, we, you know, I, I'm going to – They're going to give him one year. I don't, I don't see them moving up. I, At I least really not don't the get... first. And yeah, then no. you're in front of the Bears, who would probably be the next likely team to try to see, get a guy. The thing about the Bears, I just don't think that it makes sense for that – that head coach and GM pairing to plan for the future for a quarterback. I don't know why they hitched their wagon to Andy Dalton. <laughs> and I truly think that if this team sucks this year, they're all getting, you know, the big ugly acts. I mean, pace is not going to live at pass this year. And Nagy isn't either. If this team goes 500 again, I don't get, or, you know, eight and nine or nine and eight, whatever it is. And they don't make the playoffs. I don't see them making the playoffs. I don't think they're, they're an overly, quality roster outside of, you know, the Khalil Max of the world and so on. But, and they decide not to pick up Trubisky's fifth year option and they go with an older guy. That's not, hasn't been in the system. So it's just very confusing. This is, this team is in flux. I don't get what the hell they're going to do. I don't think they're going to actually move up for a quarterback. I think the only legitimate, legitimate teams to do so are the, are the Broncos, Pats, and the the Washington football team just because of the fact that they have Ryan Fitzpatrick and basically he's got one year, and if it doesn't work, I don't see him being long for this world for that team either. So in Washington, if they don't have to move far, it makes sense for them just as they're, they have this young defense that's top of the line and a young offense – it would make sense for them to take a quarterback like Trey Lance if he fell or something like that. I'm trying to see of the linemen left. See, because again, now my head's in Vegas can take one of these other linemen and then you kind of bump it down based on, you know, Vera Tucker and then the first edge going to 14. I kind of like that. I'm going to look at that for props on where the first uh, edge rusher is going to get taken. Because if it's under 15, I kind of like that. At least 15 and a half because the Lions could be the wild card to do it. Um but they do need a corner. And I'm just trying to – I don't know if Caleb Farley is going gonna, is gonna to be the guy there. I don't know. His, his injury history is very, very frightening just with, you know, For spines. You, and Who do you think then – I mean, tackle-wise or even guard-wise, I think that's the issue I'm having. I mean, because I know once the run comes, it's just a matter of who goes, but – I mean, we're at Walker Little, Tev, uh, Walker Little, Tevin Jenkins, you know, Cosme, Leatherwood. But, like, all these guys, I feel like, can just pile up. The, I, don't, I don't know where So, 
I, I, I like Tevin Jenkins a lot. If you need a right tackle, I think he's plug and play day one. He'll mm. start. He'll be there for uh, the certainly the very, the future, the foreseeable future. Mm. Personally, I like Liam Eichenberg, but for the Notre Dame tackle. Yeah. However, I don't see him going that early because uh, we're still on 17 with the Raiders, correct? Yep. Um, so I honestly have – I'm thinking the Raiders, you know, that's a spot where Derisaw could fall. Mm. I think if it goes out how I think it is, if Quiddy Pay goes to the Vikings, then you have the Patriots or the Lions take whomever, um, and then Barmore and so on. Like Derisaw, I think, could fall to 17. Um, but, uh, man, it's it's very difficult to see. I mean, Farley, I think, makes sense for them just because yep. he has the flashy stats. He's a freakishly looking dude um, for the Raiders, and it, it does fill a need. He also loves taking corners. I think they drafted a corner last year, the first round, too, if I'm not. Then they took – whenever they took – No, they took that, Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs oh, they took – so two years ago. Mm. They took, oh, no. Well, they took Jonathan Abram. They took Jonathan Abram in the first, uh, I believe, the year before, or maybe that was two years. Besides the point, I do want to ri- oh, rifle these off, though, because you saw me on Tevin Jenkins, and it let me ke- uh, continue this because I kind of knew who I'd go with 18-19 here. So if we go Tevin Jenkins at 17, um, it's going to be, for me, the since the Dolphins went uh, Panay Sewell, they don't have to address the line anymore. I'm going to go Rashad Bateman uh, to 18. I do want to say I could see a Terrence Marshall – Elijah Moore, really, you plug any of these receivers in there. I wouldn't be surprised. Bateman is the highest to me. I love Rondell Moore. They're the they're the first team at 18 that I think could could go running back to. I think that'd be really early, but Mike Gaskin and Salvin Ahmed, look, hey, you're nice and everything, but you, they need a legit running back. The only thing, yeah, and, and I think we could see two running backs or no running backs in the first round, really depending, but I think you're right. That's probably where you could start to consider – the only reason for the same reason I don't think the Jets would do something like that is just because they pick so early in the second. Yeah. That, no, and that's absolutely it. But I love Najee Harris. I mean, yep. it, you know, if you have a position to get him, I get it, and I wouldn't mind doing it. And, again, you have a pick shortly after with a loaded, you know, draft board still that you can still address a lot of your other needs. Again, you took care of tackle. You go get a running back. Receiver will still be there because of how deep this class is. So, I could see that. I like Bateman. I'm just going to throw Bateman there and then mm-hmm. have uh, Mac Jones going 19. The Bears is like picking the Raiders. Uh, I have no idea what they can do here. Um, I really have no idea. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if, see, like here, maybe they just address the defense. Like, I, I just feel like they're so weird when it comes to this offense. They're a team that could use a receiver. They could use offensive line. But I feel like whoever they're going to draft a receiver will not work. Just by default, maybe it's the Anthony Miller effect. They're not gonna yeah. go. They're not gonna go quarterback, and I, it's it, it's tight here. It's really tight. I, I think it makes sense. Uh, if Farley was still on the board, I think yeah. they address corner. I could see them. Greg Newsom's climbed a lot of boards too, yeah. uh, and he's a solid corner. I think he's climbed uh, so. more though because Farley's falling. I mean, naturally, and obviously that's very you know obvious. Sure. Hey, but. Um, and, I, and I get it, but that's not a knock on Greg Newsom. He's a quality corner, and mm-hmm. it makes sense for the Bears to, in my head, right? The dysfunctional dysfunctionality of the Bears. They screwed up the whole Russell Wilson thing. They signed Andy Dalton. 
And then they don't have enough cap space, so they cut Kyle Fuller. And then what would the Bears – what would it make sense for the Bears to do? Oh, let's just draft his replacement if, with, instead of doing something else or maybe addressing the offense. So I, I think maybe Greg Newsom at 20 um, makes a lot of sense in my head. All right, so I'm rifling these off real quick so we can get to the Jets pick. So, But I'm going to go here just uh, – I, I think we can go two uh, – two of the next three picks might be corner here because I could see the Titans taking a corner two. Um, mm. uh it's just the way I see it, unless they go tackle or offensive line, which they definitely could do too. Because they Wanda. did lose Corey Davis. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they tried getting a big receiver like Marshall um, mm. to try to replace that. But I'm going to go Farley, then Quiddy Pay to the Colts. I think he could have gone earlier, like we talked about, but I'll go Quiddy mm-hmm. Pay to the Colts. They're looking for an edge. And then we'll go Greg Newsome, and it leads us to 23 with the Jets. And so, you know, you kind of see where the run is going here. Um, we talked about how we'd go quarterback and then try to go offensive line here more often than not, but, you know, with how things have panned out, I mean, it's not as loaded, you know, at at least the tackle position as we initially thought. I mean, unless you try to go guard here. Yeah. In my head, as the, the, really within the last week, I I just figured, you know what, this makes more sense. The Jets should try to trade back in the first and to like, you know, 27, 28, uh, maybe even to 30. I like the idea of them trading with the Ravens because you could probably swing a combination where you could maybe get the 27th and the 31st pick, but you would need to obviously send like a third uh, in, in, uh, in response as well. Um, I think the saints moving back there, if you move back from that spot, you're dealing with teams that are winning teams and then they have late second round picks. So you can very easily get, that later first and then grab another second, which is probably going to be in the late fifties to early sixties. And that's great for a team that has a lot of holes. It also gives you more darts to throw on the board that you can potentially hit. Um, So a team that makes sense to move up to 23, I think the Ravens make sense for whatever reason. I think Kadarius Tony makes a lot of sense for the Ravens Mm. um, just to be that, you know, Jack of all trades type receiver uh, for a team that needs receiving help. Um, if there is a run on corners, I think the saints would be wise to move up to grab one as well. Um, and, and the Packers could potentially do so that, that too. So I think they should move back from 23. If they are, if, if there's an offensive lineman run, I like Tevin Jenkins a lot. That was the guy that I really, Mm -hmm. uh, think they should target at 23. However, if you go to best the best player available, it's certainly more digestible for a Jets fan to be able to consider taking a running back if it's in the later first and you get another asset. So I so, want to I want to jump in and ask you this question just because I'm because. All right. So obviously, Tevin Jenkins isn't there. I think uh, a guy we've talked about is Cosme out of Texas, a big body. I like at tackle, but I don't necessarily want him to go at 23. Maybe you look at him in the second. So then mm-hmm. here's where I'm at. And we talked about this. The first edge in this draft in the one I'm looking at right now, it could have went earlier, would have been Quiddy Pay. So now we're at the late 20s here. We've talked about the, the, the Jets kind of need edge. I mean, you really have your pickings here. Add an edge. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, the question yeah. I'll say is Owe Phillips, you know, Aziz and Gregory Rousseau. I mean, you really have pickings at four of them. Who would you rather the Jets, if they stay put, right? And they go edge, who would you rather there? 
And I have that, I have those four to choose from. Those are the four. Yeah. That's the four, uh, you know, the top four picks I'm looking at right now in that spot, at least from edge, unless we go outside linebacker. Yeah. Well, if we don't need to do that because they're doing the forefront. I mean, the, the guy that makes sense in terms of fitting their scheme since they're a forefront, I think more than anything, maybe is Aziz. Mm-hmm. However, he's got these injury issues that are coming up. And because he's almost like a carbon copy of Carl Lawson, like they have the same type of motor. They, they bend so well um, in that situation. And I love Gregory Rousseau. I really do. I like his, his just freakishness. How I just don't think that he is, he's more of a gamble because he hasn't developed completely yet. He had didn't have the year last year. He's got this raw talent, but he needs a lot of seasoning and a lot of practice. So if you're going just for plain impact, oh, and first of all, OA has no business going in the first round. This mm-hmm. guy has less than five sacks in his entire college career and he has a freak pro day that screams vernon golston for me and i ain't <laughs> touching it and again a big 10 guy and like you know before you even get to which one you're going to go with the reason i asked too is because i'm sitting here as a jet fan like you know by curiously and i'm thinking and it's just that you know sal is the head coach here and i'm thinking mm-hmm. what do the 49ers always do Right. Always draft a defensive end or a defensive yeah. end of some sort. And with the second pick, I really and as much as they, I like what the Jets have done under the, their defensive line. We've talked about it already. I like it. I do. But you tell me he doesn't want more pieces. No, not at all. I, and no, absolutely. Now the Makes value sense. will be sitting there with end. If it, it and imagine Quiddy Pay falls. Oh my God! Imagine no yeah. end goes till twenty three. So, um, I think in terms of adding to what like. Sal is going to be licking his chops about and like will make Jets fans like feel like it was is drafting an edge maybe at 23 here and just yeah. getting that defense back to where it is. If if that was the case and it works out and those four are still on the board, I go Jalen Phillips. He's just mm-hmm. he's a bigger body. I think he fits that stereotypical edge. He could be a uh, you know, he's like six five to sixty. You know, he, he just fits that mold, I think, for a fourth. Six is what I'm looking yeah, at. Yeah, 266. So, and he, you know, had a crazy pro day, all that. He's he's one of those Miami edge rushers who I really like both of them. Uh, I think Russo, the more I see it, that he's probably going to shift inside because he's just so big mm-hmm. eventually. It seems like it. he put on even more weight. So, uh, and he might just be a perfect three front D lineman. So, I want a guy that's going to be good for the edge that's Jalen Phillips. If they're, they're in that scenario, my still, my thinking, if you're in that, in that position and you have those four still on the board, trade your ass back, get mm. more assets. And you could still have one of them fall to you because if, if guys are trading up, then they're getting other guy. I don't think that they're really going to, you know, sell the farm for and all four of those guys. I mean, really? All right. The Browns maybe would have needed an edge. They just got clowny check off. Um, yep. I'll be the Steelers. Maybe the Jags, because they're kind of in fucking purgatory, they can get anything but doubt it. All right. I mean, the Packers don't really have an all-sung need for that. So really probably the Ravens, but the Ravens have two picks. So even then, that's one guy. I guess the Bills, maybe. But still, we mentioned four or five guys there. The Jets pick shortly after. It's just like you can get, you know, the chance of both Miami guys before they go before their next pick. Probably Doubtful. Around. Yeah. Well, unlikely. So I think you're right. But for the sake of just keeping this as is, I do kind of like the Jalen Phillips pick there. Yeah. I, I really don't mind it. 
Um, all right, let, let's keep it going. We're done with the New York teams. Let's just wrap this up so we can conclude this show because we are running a little long. But the Steelers are the first team really linked to Najee Harris. That's kind of where the line is set. Everyone's expecting the decision on running backs. We mentioned it will probably start at 18. Uh, the mass majority of people think it'll start at 24, the decisions. Uh, I mean, do you think they'll go running back here? I, I still think – the Steelers are like a shell of themselves. I really do think they need a lot of help and uh, their offense, their offensive line is not as good as it once was. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go O-line instead of a running back. Yeah, You have an aging veteran quarterback. You have an offensive line. That's I mean, Pouncey retired. Villanueva is no longer on your team and wasn't even very good because he got older. I'd address offensive line here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't, I don't get going Najee Harris because, yeah, you get a running back, but you need to figure out who the hell's going to block for him. I, I, I thought that Steelers made sense. Maybe, maybe if you reach, maybe you get Landon. I think Landon Dickerson would look great as a Steeler, personally. I, um, I also well, think my like we. thinking was because I thought it was too simple to think. Pouncey retired. And, yeah. and here's. My thinking in the NFL all the time, and I have this issue with the Giants, it's just like the center is so damn important. That's why I yeah. want him so bad for the Giants. If you can solidify a solid-bodied center, I mean, everything else fills out so much easier. Yeah. He knows. He's, he's the table setter on that. I, so I I, I, th- I was going to say maybe they come up and get Dickerson earlier, but I didn't know if that's too much of a reach with their other needs. I mean, they need ta- they do need tackle help. I mean, it would be my my two guys. It would be either Dickerson or Eichenberg if they're going to go offensive line. I don't know. I just see those guys and they look like Steelers. Yeah, you know, and that's that makes sense to me. I don't get the Najee Harris pick. I love Najee Harris, but for the Steelers, you have you have to keep Big Ben upright. Or then, what's the point of thinking you're going to make the playoffs? All, all last year, they they were able to get the ball out quickly. And then once he had to hold the ball a little longer, he was throwing the ball. He was inaccurate, all this type of stuff. I, I think you address offensive line. Yeah, so I'm going to go Dickerson there. I do like that for a spicy take here. And then with the Jags here, I'm going to try to run through these. We had the top safety available here out of TCU, Trevon Morig. Mo- yeah, Morig. Morig. Yep. Yeah, I, I think, you know, again, they have a plethora of options there. He's just BPA as well. I They already got a quarterback. Uh, I, I mean, I can see them going maybe, um, you know, Fairmouth in the uh, second round. I don't think they'd reach on him if they really wanted to, you know, unless the Jets trade back behind him there. That would be like a chestnut checkers. I know you would love that. Yeah. If they somehow sandwich themselves in between that first and second Jags pick. That's what. That's why I was saying I would love for them to trade with the Ravens because if they could go twenty-seven, thirty-one, and you know they give up a third this year and maybe even a third next year, or whatever, and that twenty-third pick, I think that's the perfect scenario for the Jets because you yeah. can you can take Najee if he's still on the board at twenty-seven or thirty-one, and you're twenty-seven there, thirty-one you could go Fryermuth if you want, or take offensive line, or take corner, or take whatever. And then you have 34 right there where you could still get Fryermuth and still possibly address offensive line. Mm. And then you knock out all those different needs and also you're still getting quality players. So that's my my perfect scenario right now. They somehow trade back with the Ravens and they're able to get a two for one of sorts. And they just use some of that extra that extra capital they've acquired 
and they get to get some impact players right away. I really like that. I mean, I really like that a lot, but so we won't have that scenario here. So I'm going to rifle these off. I think Zayvon Collins to the Browns makes a lot of sense. I think Zayvon Collins is going to the AFC North regardless. Mm. Yeah. I, I just do uh, good defenses. Yeah. He's I think still he's a freak. I understand like how the draft works and I am biased on LBs. I love how he plays. I like his game. I think if you put him on it, especially if he goes to the AFC North and goes to an already good defense, forget it. Mm. Forget. I think he's going to have such a sound year for them. It won't yeah. jump off the page. It won't be right away. His numbers aren't going to reciprocate it. You're not going to call him an all pro right away. I'm telling you, he can help a good defense out immediately. I yeah, think he, he's that good. He reminds me of like what a Isaiah Simmons was, but different he's more of like isaiah simmons if he goes from linebacker to like the end or outside backer he's just a freakish athlete and he does all these crazy things however i think that the browns would be w- more inclined to take a wusu karamoa out of mm. notre dame i think he fits more of the modern day you know football he's not exactly you know he's not two 260 at six five six four like Zayvon collins He's more slight, but he's a guy that could be a slot. He covered slot in college to a ridiculous degree, and he's so athletic. I think he fits that mold, whereas, you know, they got Clowney, they got Garrett. They're trying to fix up this D-line. They're trying to be able to get pressures. Maybe it makes sense to grab a guy that can cover very well and can also just be a a spry tackler. I mean, I could see it. I just think, mm-hmm. too, if I'm the Browns and with that clowny move, if that tells you anything is that they're trying to beat the AFC North at their own game, I think one way or another they're going LB there. I see if if Zayvon doesn't go to the Browns, I see him going two picks later to the Saints maybe. Um, mm-hmm. re- really just that easy unless the Saints decide to go corner. But we, we can just well, run through these. So either way, we know who two of the next three picks are. The Ravens, with the fact that they're picking twice um, to end the draft, kind of changes things. I, I don't know – what receiver they go with. I could see a Terrence Marshall. I do kind of like what you said about Tony. Um, that would seem like a very Ravens pick. Um, yeah. I, I don't know though. I, I, I could see them going up and get, just getting a tackle with one of those two picks. They just traded theirs. So, you know? so that's, that's what I'm saying. And that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. I think that they, if they stay put and Tony fell, I think Tony makes a lot of sense at 27. And then a guy that I think makes complete sense, and I could see him in a Ravens jersey, right? Is Alex Leatherwood at thirty-one? That's what I was just looking at. Yeah, a hundred percent. But like, I feel like I show bias to like Alabama players. But I'm just like Leatherwood. Would if, if I'm the Ravens, that's who I would want. He's he's a huge guy. You just traded Zeus Brown, you know, to the Chiefs to get this pick. It's you know, it's it's an addition, and then Stanley comes back, and Leatherwood is not a left tackle. He's a right tackle in the league. And I think he could be a good right tackle in the league. Uh, so I think that makes too much sense if they stay put. Um, I would love for them, please. I'm, I'm begging you, Ravens, trade up to the 23. And the Jets will take those two picks. And we'll give you uh, our third this year and a third next year uh, to help you guys out. So um, I'm trying to think, do the Ravens need edge help? Like, are they? Are they? They could use, they could use an edge. I just think they need more help. Mm-hmm. because they lost Brown and Stanley's coming back from the injury and they signed him to the big contract. You, you hope he comes back and he's healthy. If you're yeah. that, that team, you have to assume 
but this team relies on running the football and you but need an offensive line to do that. Do you think they, so you think they'd address receiver before they address tackle? Like they, they'd pick receiver with 27. I think that, the, I think that that area needs so much more help just pass catching. And Tony fits that mold of like a, a jack of all trades. You know, he can, he lines up in the backfield. He lines up at slot. He, yeah, you know, can do punt return. Yeah. I think that, yeah, he can do all that. And that fits their scheme more so because they're all, all these different options and power running and everything where they don't throw the ball very much, but they'll still get the ball in the hands of their playmakers. So I think that he makes a lot of sense to Baltimore. So then we'll go Jeremiah Wosu after I like Tony. Um, and I do like Leatherwood uh, to the Ravens with that next pick. I'm trying to think now Packers bills here. Packers. Mm, they'll never draft a receiver to help Aaron Rodgers out. So we just cross that <laughs> off the list. Why would you help him? Uh, LB. Uh, but if Owosu goes right before him with Zayvon Collins, I think they probably, you know, just keep falling down on the list. I don't know if they necessarily need edge. They probably don't. I know they have. Uh, no, they need a corner. They need a corner in the worst way. Kevin King. Samuel Jr. I think that's, that's who I would put there. I think Asante Samuel Jr. is destined to go there. If all mm-hmm. the corners fly, like everyone thinks they're going to, and you instantly upgrade your cornerback position because Kevin King is a liability and you pair Asante Samuel with Jairi Alexander that's a pretty solid one-two punch, I think. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, all right, let's wrap this up here. So we got three picks left. One of them is going to be Leatherwood. The Bills, we've tossed around on this several times. I think in this position, they probably go edge. It's just a matter of which, uh, just based on how the board really looks right now. Uh, I'm just going to look at the interior linemen again. But I will, I will chime in for Bills Mafia and our friend – Connor Flynn, who joined us a month ago, and I have bought into them taking Travis at the end. Really? We I haven't think had that they're going yet. to. No, I, I think that I have bought into it. Um, I'm set on it. I think they're going to take Travis at the end and just add another running back. It doesn't make sense in my head because yeah, that's four running backs. Yeah. Well, not 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 even that. Just the fact they they have Singletary, they have Moss, and they just signed um, what's his name. Oh gosh. Yeah. Hold on. Oh, Breed, Breed Breeda. So they have those three guys, but I think that they're just going to say, screw it. Let's get Josh Allen, another weapon. And Etienne, I think fits what they want to do more. They're mm. spread. They're not a power running team. Mm. I think Najee Harris catches the ball just as well. I just there think that went. Etienne's a little quicker and he's a little more uh, just uh, like a water bug. Wow. So I think he fits their system a little bit more. So I, I'm sold. I think Etienne goes to the Bills at, at 30. What? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm just weighing it out here uh, before I definitely lock in and like just throw because I I mean listen I'm a board I don't care it's a mock draft so I kind of buy it, <laughs> um, but I just feel like I don't know what the Bills' biggest weakness defensively is. It's it's edge. It's edge or corner. Edge or corner. But if the if the Packers go and take Asante. You know, depending on how it goes, I could see them saying, screw it. Let's just go. Who's going to make the biggest impact? Because when you're at 30, right, you were a game away from going to the Super Bowl. What's going to get you over the hump at that point? I think, a point. Yeah, I think it might be. Look, I've seen enough I've had to see out of Singletary. So I I was here. I remember when we talked about it that I, uh, you know, I can see them taking a running back. I just, hmm. 
I'm thinking it's just my issue is that, you know, there's value on the board. We already talked about it at edge right here. Yeah. You know, say Jalen Phillips doesn't go to the Jets and Tevin Jenkins. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I just think that would help them. I think Rousseau. Out of, uh, yeah, out of those guys that are left, I mean, Rousseau, I think, makes a lot of sense for they the They can bump them inside even, which, you yeah. know, for them, they kind of just need to bolster in general. Yeah, I mean, they get they get Star Lutulele back. You know, he, he opted out, which is huge for their inside. And they had uh, Ed Oliver, right? He was playing kind of out of position in a way. He's more like that three-tech. So, um, but Rousseau is a very interesting prospect for the Bills if they wanted to snag him. Very interesting. I didn't get to pick this last pick for the uh, the Bucks. I assume uh, I did not select them on this. So they took Aziz uh, by default. Um, mm. I don't know about, I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, uh, I mean, that doesn't the matter. rich get the rich get richer. Uh, yeah, I mean, what are their needs really? The top need it says here is quarterback, which uh, what? hot take. No, not, <laughs> not a hot take. They need somebody to eventually be the replacement. They could do that, I think, round three, round two, something like that. If if they feel somebody falls, I like this. I kind of like this draft. I could see this. I did not cue this up to end after one round, so I probably won't be able to save it, but I'll take pictures to remember this mentally. Um, well, this was great. We ran through everything. I think, um, you know, I did promise the people we get to second round talk and third round talk with the Jets and the Giants, but we kind of dabbled in it when you said they might trade back and just the thoughts of what they'll do. So I don't think we have to touch on it too much. I'm trying to think how I could sum this all together. Um, okay, all right. We'll end with this. You kind of dropped a bomb already with ATM, but what will be your biggest draft day surprise, do you think? What will be the move that people don't see coming? ATN's a really a really big one, so I don't expect you know you to have another one in there. But what are you expecting to be the head-scratching move on draft day? Uh, man, honestly, the head-scratching one for me would be if, if – uh, a guy like Zayvon Collins just doesn't go in the first round. I would be surprised by that. Or a player of of uh, Morig, because uh, safety is such an undervalued, yep. undervalued and just not valued very much position. And he could fall. He could fall to the Bucks at thirty two. Um, Which would literally be the rich getting richer. That yes. would be frustrating. Yeah, would Antoine be. Winfield Jr. Great. Yeah, that would suck oh, a lot. <laughs> that would suck a lot. But I, I just, <laughs> I, I will be very frustrated if the Jets don't consider trading back uh, from twenty three. If let's say there's a run on offensive lineman, mm. and they just decide to, you know, pick uh, an edge or a corner, I truly believe that this team needs to address offensive line multiple times within the first three rounds. All right. So if they don't do it at 23, okay, they better do it with those two third round picks or with the the 34th and one of the thirds, they need to get bodies at those positions. That's my biggest hope for the jets. I want Pat Fryermuth. Also Pat Fryermuth should be a New York jet. All right. There's a scenario where, Hey, Jets could go at 23, and maybe they do pick Najee Harris at 23. And then if they do that, let's go full go, and let's go get Pat Fryermuth and then at 34, and then let's just get offensive line in the third round. Let's go all offense. Fine. 
I've, 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 I still want to bang the drum on that. All offense in the first three rounds, surround Zach Wilson with young talent, help them grow together, help protect the young kid. And then we go from there and you can address whatever you need to at uh, four through seven. So that's, that's my big thing. That's my big hope for, for, for draft day. I'm probably going to be disappointed. I just hope that they do what makes sense and they don't try to go too crazy. And I, I trust Joe Douglas. He's, he did a nice job last year. I think he will this year. I'm already setting myself up for failure. I've come a long way over the last three months uh, since the season ended for the Giants. It went from, I will not pick the Giants to draft a linebacker this year. I will not tell them that they should draft Micah Parsons because every time I tell them to do it, they will not do it. And I will inevitably be heartbroken and sad about it. But here I am fast forward to the week before the draft, or actually this will be released the day before the draft. So this is draft Eve. Here I am draft Eve still trying to convince myself the giants will draft a linebacker in the first round. So, you know, when you have the mentality I have, you, you just set yourself up from failure from the beginning, but we know it and it's okay. Like, it's only up from here. Once you set yourself so low, you know, I know they're not going to listen. I know they're not going to do what I want, but we're going to do our best efforts that, you know, maybe they listen and maybe they, you know, make us happy once in a blue moon. They drafted Saquon. So I got one, right? One, yeah. one. And that is it. Um, I almost got last year, right? Almost. But apparently they viewed Andrew Thomas higher than Tristan Wirfs. I still think Wirfs should have been the fourth overall pick. But that's another conversation for another day. Um, And I said the same comment when the Bucs drafted him last year. I was like, oh, great. So Brady just got a franchise right tackle. That's fucking – that's just dandy. Dandy. Got him at like 16, right? It was like mid-first round Wirfs went. That was insane. I viewed him as a pick. That was – that was a wild drop. That was a wild drop. And I think that'll be my head scratcher. Just really, which of these guys, and it looks like it'll be Parsons, but which of these guys that were projected to be top five, top 10 guys fall and how far do they fall? And Definitely what seems like it is going to be Parsons. Yeah. But I mean, it really, man, there's scenarios where it could be one of the receivers, you know, very likely in this, we have Mac Jones falling, which, you know, again, favored at the three. So, uh, there are some scenarios that certain guys fall that are projected high. It happens every year. So that'll be my head scratcher. Um, you know, which team lucks out and gets a guy who, you know, in terms of intangibles and his projections should be, you know, inside the top 10 and they end up getting him, you know, later because it's the NFL draft and stupid stuff happens all the time. Uh, oh, and maybe someone smokes a bong before the draft again. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. The Giants. Will the Fingers crossed. Yeah. All right, KB, this was fun. This was great. Um, and I guess we'll recap this next week. Absolutely. Cannot wait. Sounds Cannot wait. We will inevitably be disappointed. <laughs> oh, yes. Always. That interview with Bill Campy was brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Big shout out to Bill Campy for coming on. As always, he's an awesome guest, knows his football, as you all know, and is obviously ready to get disappointed like I am. For all you Giants and Jets fans out there, listen to our mock, follow it, bet it if you want to we know what we're talking about at least we think this is going to be a crazy nfl draft god knows what this top 10 or the top five is going to bring us as you heard us scratching our heads losing our minds about it uh in that discussion there so enjoy the draft stay safe uh hopefully you're not as disappointed as we (laughs) talked about and i'll talk to you guys about it next week man stay safe love you all
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.